Hello and welcome to episode 170 of the In Squash podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Jerry Gibson, and today really delighted to have back on uh, Ryosei Kobayashi, winner of the uh, recently held Swiss Open a few weeks back. He was a seeded uh, number one heading into that event and the the seeding, he lived up to the seeding. A uh, few uh, tough matches on the way to the final, but uh, he managed to get through and we talk about that event, how it played out for him, and also the lead-up to that event, how his uh, lockdown had gone uh, during the summer, uh, during the period away from the game. Uh, he's spent uh, a fair amount of his time in Aix-en-Provence, training with many of the top uh, French players, and he talks about uh, how that experience has benefited him and uh, how he what he's had to go through. And uh, he's got a great uh, travel uh, vlog, uh, squash tr- slash uh, travel vlog that he has up there, and he uh, talks talks a bit about that and also about his career and how things are uh, playing out for him and you'll be uh, maybe pleasant uh, maybe surprised to hear uh, what he has in store over the next uh, little while he's he's had some pretty good and promising uh, results as a pro uh, but he's taking a different uh, perspective on all of this and uh, perhaps refreshing to hear and uh, you're going to hear that on episode uh, 171 today with Riose. Uh, really gra- uh, great to have him back on now uh, before we get into the podcast let me tell you about uh, growing the game and growing the game through our great sponsors app active scout uh, right now uh, in many uh, parts of the world uh, with covid uh, courts are closing down again opening up and closing things are uh, all always uh, changing but uh, what clubs want I think is a way to grow membership keep membership keep members in the loop and uh, Active Scout is just that so take a look at their website activescout.com that's Active Scout without the E A-C-T-I-V Scout.com and that will give you a little bit of a thumbnail about exactly how they will help you, your club, uh, your members, your squash community uh, grow the game. So activescout.com. Now, without further ado, uh, episode 171 with Ryose Kobayashi. Hello. Hello, sir. Hi, how's it going? Uh, great. Good to see you. Good to, Good see, to see you too. Yeah, it's been, been about a year or so, I think. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's been about a year. Uh, good to see you, and uh, congrats on uh, on the big win, the Swiss Open there. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Well done. Well yeah. done. How's life treating you? Um, yeah, it's been it's been all right, I guess. Um, obviously, loving uh, Aix en Provence, south of France. It's it's always warm. It's still warm, mm. and uh, it's always sunny. Uh, weather is one of the most important things for me in my oh, life. Sure. Yeah, so uh, yeah, that that's great, and squash here has been great with Renan. Mm. Like I get to train with um, the top top fifty, top sixty players every day. Um, yeah, that's the uh, the headquarters uh, for the French national team, pretty much, isn't it? Down there, they do a lot of their yeah, training. It's yeah, it's for um, the juniors, the national team uh, juniors, and national men's teams here. Okay. Women's team is up in Paris. Uh, right, right. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, well, it must be nice. Uh, I know you like to travel a bit. Uh, I've seen yeah. Dogs <laughs> and stuff like that. But, uh, yeah, uh, I mean, right now where I'm at, where I'm at too, uh, here in the, the UAE, it's winter. Oh, winter yeah. It means summer. Uh, uh, Canadians. Mm-hmm. So it's absolutely uh, uh, beautiful right now. Okay, that's cool. Well, the squash probably isn't up to uh, to your level, so it wouldn't be a good training base uh, uh, for, <laughs> for you. Uh, I'm not sure if I, at my age, even uh, back when I was your age, be able to give you much of a go, but uh, uh, I'd be the only one you'd be able to train with, uh, real soon. Mm. <laughs> I mean, I, it, uh, it would be great to visit uh, visit you in UAE. Yeah, well, any, I mean, yeah, I know Dubai sure. is like a, a hub, right? One of these travel hubs. So anytime yeah. uh, you're traveling overseas and if you have a bit of a stopover, uh, yes. come down and uh, yeah, we'll maybe we go for a coffee at least. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as, as there are lots of, um, lots of tournaments in Qatar and yeah. And I think my sister always 
um, goes through, not always, but often goes through Dubai when she comes back to Japan and yeah. Yeah, yeah they have to make the, the flight from London to Dubai and yeah. Dubai to wherever. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. 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 Well, Rose, uh, fantastic. Thanks for taking the time out uh, today to come on. I, you know, I've been following. I uh, knew you were going to get back playing again, although that yeah. was a little bit up in the air. I wasn't quite sure. Uh, you, there, there was some sort of retirement or something you were talking about retirement, but uh, I, I'm not sure if that, that was just joking around or, or <laughs> <laughs> but uh, just playing the mind game of the, on the tour. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I um, mean, from your uh, I, I mean, based on the last time we spoke, uh, and yeah. now I think you've won. Last time we spoke, I think you had won two PSA. Titles. Yeah, now you have. Yeah, four. I think it was it was in January when I was still in Japan. Yeah, but you have yeah, four now. And you, you've won two in a row. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, how did it feel to uh, to win that Swiss Open? I know you were the, you were the number one seed, so being number mm-hmm. one. Seed always, uh, you got a bit some expectations, uh, maybe a little bit of pressure that comes with that. But uh, how how did that feel for you to win to win that tournament in your first event? Um, obviously, um, like you said, I was number one seed, and I was the only player who was in the top who's in the top hundred. Okay. Um, second seed was Rob Downer, one hundred and twenty. So. Um, I obviously expected myself to um, take the title. Yeah. And um, yeah, so my, how do you call it? My overall motivation or um, objective was to um, basically play, um, yeah, just play a solid game throughout the tournament and try to try to what's it called? Um, try to use what I whatever I learned while uh, since I started t- training in France. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the the whole objective was just to just to be solid, present on the court, um, dominating the tee. Mm-hmm. But I wasn't quite able to do it <laughs> until the final. Mm. And, um, I mean, it wasn't necessary. It wasn't uh, straightforward all the way. I mean, you had especially. Yeah, I, I dropped one game Robert every. <laughs> you mentioned Robert Downer, and you had a, a real na- nail biter. I didn't see the match, but I saw the the result. It was twelve ten in the fourth. Yeah, in the fourth. Yeah, he, he had, had a close ones there. Tell tell us about that match. Uh, how that went? How that played out? Um, Robert is a tricky player, you know, he, he does he not, well lately. Yeah. yeah, he doesn't play like a typical English style squash and, um, and it's on the glass court where, you know, where the ball can die so much, um, easier than, uh, than the normal courts. So I, I always, um, I mean, like. Before the match, I, I just told myself, like, be careful with his, you know, nicks and straight kills he has. Because okay. sometimes he's, he's super daring to go go for whatever he wants to hit, okay. um, no matter the situation. And that's, like, that's, a, that's pretty scary playing, you know, um, playing on the semifinal, uh, um, an opponent like this. Yeah. So I just, I think in that match, I tried to stick him at the back, um, tried to move him back and forward as he had a, a pretty, very, very close match um, in the quarterfinal against Robin Godola. So I knew that he was physically a little bit not, you know, not at his best uh, coming through to the semifinal. So... Yeah, but uh, I would say overall I couldn't execute my plan uh, as well as I wanted to. Okay. And yeah, and I think I I felt a little bit uncomfortable through on the court throughout the week. I think that was coming just coming from having uh, not played any tournament for a long time. Right. For like eight or nine months, maybe maybe and, a little bit apprehensive, uh, a little yeah. hesitating in in the way you, mm-hmm. you normally would play. Yeah, 
Yeah. Yeah, because when, when you play, when you don't play a tournament for that long of a period, you've, you kind of forget the feeling of the pressure. Um, um, yeah, feeling of the pressure and, you know, just, just overall psychologically, it was a bit difficult. It was, it was a bit difficult to deal with, a bit uncomfortable, I felt. I guess yeah. just not having had the like actual the important yeah. match play under your belt for yeah. a long time, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, especially because um, now, now that my ranking is around 80 and my ranking point, the average ranking point has been um, is 82. So that means winning is the only way for me to um, gain benefit from playing this tournament. <laughs> right. right. Win or, and, or nothing. <laughs> yeah, it's like win or nothing, you know. Yeah. It's so, a lot of pressure. Yeah, so that was, that was, I think that was the most difficult part of the, of the week I went through. So how do you, how do you uh, sort of resolve that? Like, uh, I guess... I know sometimes when I feel in my own little world, uh, if I feel the pressure of a match mm. in a league match or something, and I know that I should win and, you know, if I don't win, I'm letting my team down or whatever. I try to just find a way to block all of that out and, mm. and figure out, just go out there and play and enjoy it. Uh, and, the, and if I'm able to do that, it's easier said than done. Uh, to me, that, that always tends to end up pretty good. But then when I'm out there thinking too much about mm-hmm. the occasion, then it gets a little bit uh, tense. Is that, is yeah. that something what, maybe similar to what you might go through? Yeah, for sure. Um, the way I enjoy having the pressure in myself is always um, kind of like <laughs> dreaming about, oh, what if I win? What if, what if, I, um, what if I play what if I just try to play my best and just enjoy playing on the tour, enjoy the moment, uh, playing on the mat in the match, enjoy the moment. Um, and yeah, because ever since I was a kid, I, I've always loved um, playing a big match mm. Mm. and I've always enjoyed the pressure somehow. I, I, yeah, because I think the fun part is that, is the overcoming of the pressure and over um, going further than you, uh, your expectation and other people's expectation towards you. So I've always loved playing team matches, um, World, Junior Champ- World Junior Team Championship, um, US College team matches. And now that, now that I've gone through all those experiences and I'm very comfortable to handle my pressure the pressure mm. it's been it's been i think it's been uh helping me a lot with you know uh, playing a big match on the psa yeah 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 and uh i'm sure down the road hopefully when we I mean, we're not even certain now. Again, uh, the UK is under is locked down until uh, December, and who knows what's going to happen? Yeah, that, France too. <laughs> France too. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, hopefully, there's still some squash up there for you to play. So I, I'm I'm guessing you're hoping to see, and you'd like to see yourself up in the rankings uh, beyond uh, 80 and get get up to. Uh, you know, maybe what what are your what are your goals going forward? Uh, um, so I think the last time when we ta- um, when you had me on podcast, I think I told you uh, that my original plan to play PSA was until end of this year, yes. but because of coronavirus, um, <laughs> I negotiated with my boss um, for um, boss with. Um, um x huh. oh my god i forgot i forgot this word um pro prolonging okay 
Extending, sorry. Extending the period to play. Oh my God. <laughs> my English is getting worse. You, can't, you, have a, you have a negotiation extension. Yeah. Uh, so we agreed, um, he agreed to uh, extend my um, life on the tour until end of this season. Okay. So yeah, fortunately, I, um, I'll be able to play until June or July or so. Great. Yeah. So is that, that a hard is, out? Is that like a, in June, July? That's a hard out. Like you're when the, when July hits, that's that's it. Or is it something where you, I think I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I'm I'm already 26, 27 next year, and when I see all those, um, you know, 20, 20 to twenty three years old coming coming up to the higher up in the ranking. Um, it's, it's hard to, um, it's just, it's just hard to imagine myself being, um, making my own living with squash. Yeah. Yeah. In the future. So yeah. Um, I think that is, that is just, the That's period a, until next it's a tough uh, thing to do isn't it when you're in around that the ranking where you are yeah it's great to win tournaments fantastic but it's not golf is it uh if you're mm. if you're winning these small tournaments in, in golf or even in tennis uh you've got enough money to keep you going for quite a while yeah. but uh, squash is a different story it's a different story yeah <laughs> <laughs> exactly. yeah so so that's exactly it um, that I think um, playing until June is just the right amount of squash that I, um, for me and yeah, just for another seven months, my goal is to reach the top fifth, reach as close as the top 50. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, but it's also that, difficult. That mean yeah. that, uh, uh, I mean, obviously you you do really well in the six, in the six K events. Those are, those are great mm -hmm. events Win maybe a bit of money to keep you going and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Then you might end up going to the challenger series events and, and giving those a shot where the, the prize money is mm -hmm. a bit more. And then obviously yeah. the ranking points are uh, more substantial. A lot higher. Yeah. Yeah. Is that the plan or? Yes, yes, yeah. that's for sure. So after winning this tournament, I think um, in December, uh, my ranking will go up to 75, 76. Yeah, mid-70s. Okay. And uh, who knows um, um, well, how, how the tournaments will be held um, yeah. from yeah. next month. So it's, it's still difficult to see where I can end up. Um, but then that the only thing I, so in this situation, the only thing I have to do is just to stay motivated, hoping that the tournaments will be, uh, <laughs> held and always be prepared for those tournaments. Um, and even for the big tournaments, if I have the chance to play. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so do you have any sort of anything in the future upcoming or any, anything on the schedule or is that still um, everything still up in the air as they say? I think yes, up in the air um, because I'm really excited to play the 30K in Qatar next month. But, okay. yeah. but I'm, I'm hearing that it's it, – yeah, it, it would be pretty difficult for them to to hold this, to manage the tournament because of coronavirus and it, it costs so much money for them to you know manage a tournament with the t um, PCR testing and yeah. stuff like that. So that that's one, and then another one is. Um, yeah, I'm hoping to play the Hong Kong. The, there's a 10K tournament in Hong Kong in January. Okay. And I'll be back in Japan for the New Year. So I'm hoping to to play the tournament. I hope they'll manage to 
um, hosted hosted. Is that at the Hong Kong Football Club? Is that the? I think so. Yeah, okay. that's always a good time. The Hong Kong. Yeah. Uh, whenever they put on a host an event, they know how to uh, to run a, yeah. a great tournament. I've played mm-hmm. there a few times. I lo- love it there. But yeah. Uh, all right. Well, that, that's good. I, well, I hope uh, some of this comes to fruition uh, for you, and that you can get back and. You know, uh, it, it really, I mean, it looks like to me, I mean, every time I'm wa- I've watched you play and every time you've performed, I mean, you've never disappointed. You've never gone, you've never gone down. You've never gotten blown away. I mean, you, it, when you, even when you've lost, like you, you've, you've mm-hmm. always gone out with a, with a fight or, or you've won. So uh, it just goes to show, I guess, uh, June, if that's a hard out, just give it everything you got and see. Uh, mm-hmm. I guess you've got nothing to lose now, right? I mean, you, yeah. You're sort of liberating almost for you. Uh, you can mm-hmm. just play hard and uh, let let the chips fall where they may, right? Yeah, that's exactly it. That's that's my. Um, I think that's the reason why I've been able to stay motivated throughout um, this um, quarantine period that we we all went through. Um, knowing that I only have so much time to being be on the court, so for me, every literally every day counts, and every session counts. So I try to uh, maximize what I get out of every every hour of session. So that's awesome. Yeah, and and when when I get to the tournament, I. I'm I'm always thinking about okay I'm I've 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 tried my best at for preparing for this tournament I've I've been always enjoyed playing uh training um sometimes it's hard to push myself with uh ghostings and run, uh <laughs> running still sessions do, you still do court sprints Riose? <laughs> or is that that's I mean, old, it, only old people do court sports <laughs> <laughs> or the little kids <laughs> yeah yeah i remember well, i mean back in the old days like that was like you know that was the key that was the 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 main part of your training usually mm-hmm. your coach would say okay at the end of it before you went home you had to do like a thousand yeah. court sprints or something <laughs> <laughs> yeah Martin Heath, he made me do a lot of courses. <laughs> he? Okay, yeah, he comes from, he's from my generation, you see. So, uh, <laughs> but, you know, you've been in, uh, uh, like you said, training with the the French team, uh, the men's team there in Aix-en-Provence, and uh, some of the names that I've noticed that you've, you've been playing with, uh, Baptiste Massadi, we just saw him in Qatar, actually, I think. Yeah. I, I forget who he played, but he played really well. He, he had a you know, I think he just lost maybe a bit bit mentally there. Otherwise, he was he played well. Uh, Victor Klein, you you you're a good friend mm-hmm. with him, and uh, he's a good friend of the podcast. Uh, yeah. Matt, Mathieu Castagnier, uh, Mathieu Castagnier. Legend, uh, the French legend, uh, yeah. amongst others. Uh, so I did notice that you had a conditioning game with Mathieu. Uh, tell oh, us yeah. about that <laughs> because I uh, no doubt no doubt uh, he was uh, he had enough gas in the tank for that one. No doubt. <laughs> yeah well, whenever we train together we always um we always have fun playing each other um he's obviously a super super experienced um yeah in the training i'm always amazed by how he um has the has always has the best strategy for each tri- conditioning games oh yeah yeah um no no matter what if it's a diagonal game three quarter court um backcourt game with kills and literally every condition game see he has the best tactics <laughs> among um, yeah amongst all of us you gotta so, have the tactics yeah 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 and uh so he gives me he gives me tough lessons every time. Absolutely. Which uh, yeah. which game which game uh, which uh, conditioning game do you uh, enjoy the most uh, and why? Okay, so uh, my my most favorite conditioning game is uh, backcourt 
and anything on the anything on the volley. Okay, yeah. With uh, with counter drops, and the reason why I love it uh, is that um, my most mm, how would you call it? Um, my I think my best room of opportunity for improvements for me is the is backcourt. Um, yeah, with uh, using using more height, using uh, clipping less side walls, uh, front always, you know, always, I, I always have to, how do you call it? Like I, I tend to hit only with my wrist and right. it's, it's a little bit difficult um, compared to using your entire body to, to hit the ball. So that, that is one of my worst habits. Um, that I that I know, so this conditioning games it forces me to be more solid, um, solidify my my um, backcourt game and yeah because when I'm able allowed, to, you you can volley right you, so yeah you can volley so, anything you can do anything with a volley yeah. like a cross court nick or cross court nick or anything and, and then yeah. with that you can so, and then the counter mm-hmm. drop is possible. Okay. Yeah, that that's what that's what we me and Mathieu did. Um, okay. In the in that vlog, uh, <laughs> unfortunately he beat me, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yes, because the yeah the goal for that for that game for me personally is to uh, to get stronger at the back more and try to be higher up on the tee. And then hunt for the volley. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And even if I hit a loose even if I give a loose shot on the on the front, I'm already high at the on the tee, so I can go directly to, to counter the yes. next shot. Yeah. So yes. that's that's my most favorite game, I guess. Hmm. And, and and you see a lot, I mean a lot of the games greats probably use that particular uh, mm-hmm. strategy of playing like like a guy like nick matthew yeah he, uh, that's exactly what he would do uh, a lot of the time he just you know get it out of the back corners and then move up high on mm-hmm. the volley as we know uh he always mm-hmm. do, right yeah so what was matthew matthew's strategy uh, how uh, in that game what, was, <laughs> what were his tactics uh, you don't want to give that away here uh, maybe uh, <laughs> no i don't mind at all i mean i I mean, backcourt game. He he's uh, with kills. He's just he's just almost unplayable. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, he he hits the ball so hard, and he uses the height really, really well. He lobs really well, um, and also his. We we don't often see him hitting Knicks in the real matches but but whenever he in the at the training we, whenever he has time he goes for cross court Knicks like maybe maybe the most out of um, out of us in plan, training in X nice. and it always works and yeah that's I guess that was his tactics <laughs> right. use height um Variation of the of the ball, I guess, to the back. Yeah, that's a good control. He plays with yeah. control, and that that's sort of his uh, his foundation is that that part of his game, isn't it? Like keeping it mm. tight. He, he he plays a bit higher on the front wall, uh, mm. like, uh, if I'm not mistaken. But then, obviously, he's got such good racket skills. Yeah, when he wants to show when he wants to show it. He can probably do a lot of damage yeah <laughs> yeah he's been he's <laughs> been teaching me a lot of uh, well i've been learning a lot from him um tactic wise and yeah the, the use of variation of, of height and power that's great. So yeah, so the training here has been great. Uh, we have ba- um, 
Benjamin Aubert. Yeah, yeah. Well, they've got and so we, many great uh, young yeah. players there in France, don't they? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. I can't. The, all the names escape me right now. But obviously, I mean, mm. the names I mentioned: Baptiste, Victor, Matthews. Uh, you know, he's an older fella, but uh, uh, they're they're just a hand the handful of guys. Six, seven, eight mm -hmm. really good players there. Yeah. For you to enjoy. Yeah. To train with. So. Mm -hmm. Now you did mention uh, when you were in Swiss in, in, at the Swiss Open, uh, you were really impressed with with the venue there. You're going to put it. Yeah. yeah. Tell us a, a bit about the uh, the venue. It was a it was an all inclusive type uh, facility with six squash courts. And uh, what was it that that impressed you about it? Um. So I guess some some people are used to seeing that kind of venue um especially where the country where squash is you know one of a big sport um like in the u.s um yeah, yeah. yeah. but coming from japan you never see a, um a facility like that we we used to have one with eight courts and one glass court fixed glass court. Yeah. So we used to have one long time ago, but not anymore. And the facilities in Japan overall is much, uh, it's so much, it's a bit poor compared to a lot, a lot of other countries. So I, I was just simply um, amazed by how, yeah, I mean, how, how nice, how beautiful the, yeah, squash. Um, yeah, squash venue was with uh, with. I mean, yeah, just just that's it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I was also amazed by how many um, junior players they have. One one of the coaches told me that they have 130 kids playing weekly. Okay. And that was that was just in that club and there were other there are other squash clubs in switzerland wow mm. of course so i'm guessing there are close to 1000 kids uh playing in the country and again compared to japan it's a lot different it, the situation is you know it's a lot different so yeah and also it was that's because uh, because of the facility maybe the facility has so many different uh, aspects to it so you'd get all these kids coming for a variety of sports but yeah. you'd be able to participate in squash and something else but at least they're playing squash and yeah a chance to get that exposure right mm -hmm. yeah um, that venue was a part of this of uh, this sports complex complex I, I couldn't find what the sports complex itself um what what it was called but they had they had um they had an indoor badminton um how do you call it arena okay. and then next to it there was tennis and next to it there was eight or ten lanes of uh swimming okay yeah wow. and across all those there were three or four full full size football football court football field. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. And there were a gymnastic arena, bouldering, um, and yeah, squash was compared to all those squash looked um, a little bit small, even though they had seven courts. Okay. So yeah, I mean, I, I was just That's an amazing um, facility. You'd yeah, it, I was just like amazed home, by. Yeah, I was just amazed by how they, yeah, managed to build it. Hmm. Yeah, I was talking. Yeah. I just uh, on my, I did a podcast just the other day, and I don't know if you've ever heard of the the ski resort called Whistler Whistler Ski mm -hmm. Resort in Vancouver, near Vancouver, uh, north of Vancouver, and uh, they've got this uh, facility. It's tennis uh, and pickleball. You know, pickleball okay. is a, yeah. It's a, no, not really. It's a big, it's a, it's big, big uh, trend now in America and Canada. Okay. A lot of people are playing it. It's accessible to older people and beginners. It's very easy to play and it's very mm. popular now. 
Um, but uh, the, they're trying to add uh, squash to this club. And I think, uh, you know, kind of getting to the point that, that you bring up here, I think if the more, the more facilities you have, if you get, if squash manages to get inside that kind of a venue, then it, mm-hmm. the growth of the game will naturally, it, it will happen because then yep. all these options and then prop the good chance that some of these kids will want to try it and then stick mm-hmm. with it. But if it's not there, you, uh, you don't get it. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I guess, uh, is that something you look forward to in, uh, you know, after June, when you, when you decide to uh, retire, you're still, obviously you'll still have an eye on the game. Is it, is it something that you'd like to stay involved with? Maybe the growth of That's, in Japan? That, that is for sure. That, that is actually one of my dreams um, to, that is to grow squash um, in Japan, my, my home country. Um, with hosting uh, big big PSA events in Tokyo and Kyoto, um, yeah, and overall, just making squash a little bit more popular, a little bit more well known, mm. um, because right now in in Japan, squash is just known to just a part of the population, entire population who's. Uh, it's been exposed to the culture in the U.S., in the U.K., um, and the the local local um, population of Japan. They've never they've never seen squash before, yeah. and I think this sport is something that um, you know just just by how beautiful the glass court looks mm. and how. Um, What's it called? How um, how easy this this court can be built anywhere, yeah. right? Yeah. Outside or inside. Um, so it's it's a sport that can make an event more colorful, more attractive. I think. Um, so my goal is to 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 host a big PSA event within five to 10 years. Yeah. Um, and make squash a little bit bigger. I, I, want, I really want to contribute to uh, growth in squash in Japan. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, I've spent, uh, I think I told you, quite a few years in Korea, in Seoul, in parts of Korea. And it's basically, mm-hmm. as you described it, uh, the same thing. It's a bit, uh, very uh, much a niche uh, sport there as it is throughout mm-hmm. the world, but uh, even more so in, in Korea. But uh, they do have quite a few sizable venues there. Mm-hmm. there there's some large uh, venues, but not, you know, it's just the squash community that are exposed yeah. to it. So uh, it'd be great. Yeah. If you, you get that started, maybe the, the game grows and it spreads a bit throughout Asia, through uh, Japan, mm-hmm. through China. Uh, Hong Kong seems to be okay. Uh, so if we can grow that game throughout throughout the region, and uh, yeah, fantastic. Yeah, I think it's it's all. I guess it's the big part to uh, that's that's going to be important to host an event. Um, is is just the uh, finding the sponsor and how to mark, yeah, how to do the marketing um, of the sponsor through through this squash event. So yeah, um, after I leave um, playing from P- on the PSA tour, I think that I'll I'd like to start. Um, I'd like to continue my vlog. And also I'd like to start online coaching with, um, for the juniors and actually the coaches, because a lot of coaches in Japan, they've, they've never, uh, been outside of Japan and they've never had a coach, uh, a coach who taught all those coaches. Right. So, yeah. So, uh, I think I'd like to share the idea 
I've learned in the past 18 or 17 on 18 years of my squash, uh, squash life. And I hope, yeah, I hope um, the level itself um, of squash in Japan will, you know, get better. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there was a period yeah. there. I think it might have been five years ago. You you were included. There were quite a. Uh, there seemed to be a handful of promising players coming out of Japan. Yourself included, and their um, the names escaped me. But there were like three or four pretty good guys, like right around your level. And mm-hmm. uh, how how is how are things looking there now uh, in that regard? So yeah. Um, <laughs> It's it's tough. It's tough situation overall in Japan to to keep playing as a PSA player yeah. because it obviously it's very hard to find sponsors and there are not many good squash clubs to that allows us to train train the amount we really want to right. we desire. So, yeah, I mean, there are, I think there are four PSA players, uh, men's PSA players and two women's um, right now. But I'm the only one that's outside of Japan playing uh, training and all others are in Japan. They, they all have uh, their own thing going. I think half of them are working and playing squash at the same time. Right. And yeah, I think the big, big part that, uh, that's dif- the, the most dif- difficult part for us is the financial side. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's it's never easy for them to, Korean yeah. Too. The, the young, I mean, you've played a couple of the Koreans. They're pretty, pretty good players. They're, they're you know, pretty strong, fit, mm-hmm. relatively uh, talented, but uh, they just don't have any funding to get out of uh, Korea to, to really play uh, and to develop beyond, you know, their little group there. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, th- I I guess it's it's same go it, it same goes to everyone else in the world, but yep. <laughs> yeah, that's the fact. I mean, that's just a fact of the squash yeah. life, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I think. Um, yeah, I guess it, the the hardest part in Japan is that the financial side, and plus, uh, on top of that, we don't have good clubs um, to. Yeah, to base ourselves. So that's the reason why my sister Misaki, who used to play on the tour for ten years, she, I, she hardly spent any time in Japan when she was um, in during those ten years. And uh, I'm playing squash. I'm playing on the PSA tour much shorter than her, but I'm spending maybe a tenth of the time in Japan. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah, I guess that that's yeah. what you have to do. Uh, even even the Canadian, uh, my Canadian compatriots, uh, you've a girl by the name of Dan. You know her, Danielle Latorno. Oh, wait. In, yeah. Uh, she's training now in Egypt. In uh, e- Egypt, yeah. And Holly uh, Naughton, she trains a lot in England. Um, England, yeah. So if you have those, you know, you have the opportunity to go to places mm-hmm. where you can really. You know, try to improve, and if you want to make a go of it, yeah, okay. But if you sometimes you don't have those opportunities financially, it's very difficult. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and also as um, Japanese person, language is another, um, language. yeah, another wall to climb, right? <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, for, fortunately, I. I had English. Um, I learned to speak English in about 10, 15 years ago. And I studied in Rochester. So English wasn't a problem to, for me to travel anywhere I wanted to, but it's not the same for everyone else. So yeah, yeah, there, there's just a couple of, you know, language, several variables. Yes. 
yeah, um, and training environment to um, that could be, you know, stopping those um, promising players to, yeah, yeah. To um, I guess if squash were more of more of a high profile sport across the globe and and in mm-hmm. our countries, then you 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 know everyone might have more support in order to overcome. Those, mm-hmm. those issues but uh anyways uh, uh Ryose, uh it sounds like you've got your eye on the prize there you know growing the mm-hmm. game in japan that, that's fantastic now you've been great with your time before you go though I'd, I'd like you to tell us just a bit more i know your your vlog is uh is fantastic uh <laughs> it's entertaining it's uh it's enlightening uh mm. formative uh, it's got all the it ticks all the boxes so what what do you, you have uh what do you have upcoming on on the vlog uh, and could you tell us where we can where people can find it uh right um i'm i've already made a vlog about this uh swiss open yeah. and i'm going to upload it tomorrow this weekend okay. <laughs> so this is a good um, promo for for the vlog yeah. <laughs> and i'm also uh but in general i'm thinking of uploading more matches more um more of a casual um easygoing vlog uh, and i i definitely need to do more in english okay yeah and the, the the first few were mostly in japanese were they uh, yeah yeah okay yeah yeah it it's because what about um, french try i have to your french. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and i i i'm i'm really i really lo- i really love to have uh make a vlog about how training um mm is in in france um uh including interview with renan because he yeah. he's obviously yeah he's obviously the one leading this, the uh french squash uh right now so yeah there there are lots of a lot more different topics coming through so uh, forward to please, that, yeah. yeah please look forward to that so the vlog is uh, is that just through we can access it through Facebook or is there a uh, just cert, uh, how how would we uh, how would listeners I, uh, find it? Um, so I, I I have a channel called Rio Se Channel. So okay, YouTube. Yeah, YouTube uh, on, on YouTube. Yeah, okay, yeah. Okay. And I always upload uh, whenever I upload a new one. I always update my Facebook post. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, it's anyone, anyone can add me on Facebook. Um, my, my post is public so they can see even if we are not friends on Facebook or yeah. Uh, and YouTube subscription would be, would be much great, uh, much appreciated. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, I'll, I'll subscribe. I haven't subscribed Thank you. yet. Thank I didn't you. realize it was on YouTube, but I'll definitely uh, do that. Uh, Real say uh, it was great catching up with you. Uh, congrats yep. in the, in the, the Swiss Open and make this uh, uh, the final run to June. Make it a good one. Uh, definitely uh, looking forward to seeing you play again. I'll try my best. Thanks a lot. Take care, Real say. Yeah, take care. Cheers, bud. Bye bye. Cheers. Bye. Bye. Well, many thanks to Riose for a great chat. Uh, really enjoyed that and want to wish him all the best uh, over the next uh, year or so while he's still on the tour. We'll see uh, how things play out for him. Uh, obviously, uh, the recent success there at the Swiss uh, event and uh, going forward uh, with the training and the hard work that he's doing uh, with the French camp there, that's bound to pay dividends for a talent like Riose. So all the best to him uh, in the last uh, maybe the last period of his career but maybe not you never know he seemed to leave that 
uh, door a little bit ajar there with uh, in terms of that but uh, now on the podcast uh, we've got uh, a couple of really good episodes upcoming I just finished chatting with uh, Lisa Aiken and uh, as many of you know uh, she was uh, part of the PSA Super Series PSA Squash uh, TV uh, commentary there and in Qatar and we had a great chat about that event and about her squash career uh, as a player and uh, as many of you may know, she did play uh, in Egypt uh, in the previous, uh, in the most recent women's event, and she's had some uh, recent success as well. And uh, she's hoping to build on that. And we talk quite a bit about that on uh, that podcast that has just been that we just finished up a few days ago and that'll drop in a few days also coming on uh with any luck uh, in the next day or so ong bang he will be on uh, just to uh, in the aftermath of the qatar classic and we'll be talking to him haven't had ong bang uh, haven't had bang he on the podcast before so this should be a real treat uh, as, as many of you know uh, one of the one of the top players of his era top 10 in the world uh, world junior uh, champion uh, uh, Asian Games gold medalist, uh, you name it, uh, he's done it. Uh, uh, he's had a tremendous. He had a tremendous uh, squash career, and we're going to be talking uh, a fair bit about that. But also his coaching, which has now brought him to uh, Qatar to uh, to lead uh, their program. So Bang Ong Bang He uh, will be coming up hopefully over the next few days, and then we've got a few more in the works. We're hoping to have on uh, Jesse Engelbrecht and. Uh, Jethro Bins coming back on the squash skills guys be coming back on and uh uh, with any Roy Gingell might be coming on as well with any luck uh, we've been talking to him so that'll be exciting uh, the world of officiating we'll get we've had John Mazzarella on I really uh, enjoyed that chat so I'm sure Roy will be very similar to that and we'll be talking a bit about some of the changes in the rules and uh, whatnot uh, there's lots uh, lots uh, to chew on there in the officiating game and they're doing their best uh, to improve things and that's I think why uh, we're going to be talking to Roy in a few weeks' time. So, uh, everybody, I hope uh, all of you are doing well. I hope your squash is going well. Uh, I'm, I'll be playing again uh, the day after tomorrow. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, and I hope you guys, uh, if you're not on court, you know, keeping somehow keeping your eye on the ball, uh, following along with maybe the likes of Laura Macero, who uh, is in the same boat as many of you, you know, doing her, uh, her training indoors at home. Uh, with an eye towards uh, you know staying fit and getting back on court whenever uh, it's possible. So all the best to everybody um, in terms of your your circumstances, either on court or off the court. And uh, stay tuned for the next upcoming episodes. Please share these with your friends. Uh, give us a like and a tweet, uh, email, comment, whatever. Uh, love to hear from you. Take care and have a great day. Goodbye now.